Welcome into the first and football show. I am your host, Tobias Brown, and we are back with episode two. And folks, do we have a good one for you today? We're going to be hitting one of the most polarizing positions in football. That's right. We're going to be talking about the running back position, and we're going to hit a couple things that might be a little controversial. That's right. It is hot take Wednesday today. I'm going to hit you with my hot take on the running back position, and it it's really a three part take. The first and foremost that we're going to hit is, I'm here to tell you folks, having an elite running back does not matter in today's NFL. Yes, Derrick Henry's a nice football player, and most teams would enjoy having Derrick Henry on their football team, but he is not essential to a football team's success. I'm also here to tell you why we should not be spending first-round picks on running backs anymore. A smart franchise doesn't do it. And then lastly, we're going to look at why running backs do not need big money on those second contracts, why if you're a smart franchise, you're not dishing out a ton of cash for them, and really why those big money contracts can come to bite you. So without further ado, let's get into this thing and let's look at some elite running backs and do they matter? You know, Derrick Henry's probably the most polarizing one because folks, if you watch any Tennessee Titan film with Derrick Henry in it, Derrick Henry does tends to do something pretty special. But what I want to do, folks, I want to give you five names here. Damian Williams, Shane Vereen, James White, LeGarrette Blunt, and Jay Ajayi. Now you're probably going to wonder, well, what do those five running backs have to do with the word elite and they have nothing to do with the word elite. The bottom line is none, none of them were elite in their career. You know, a couple, some of them have been good. LeGarrette Blunt, James White, Jay Ajayi, they all had, you know, very good seasons at one point in time. But the one thing all five of those running backs have in common is they either started or were key parts of a Super Bowl winning team's rushing attack. Damian Williams just started for the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winning team. He's now a backup running back for the Chicago Bears, making plays primarily on special teams. James White, we all know James White is one of the better pass-catching backs in the league. Never going to be a bell cow back, though. Never going to be a three-down back. LeGarrette Blunt, he is a bulldozer. He was a bulldozer in New England. He helped greatly in Philadelphia. But nobody's mistaking LeGarrette Blunt for an elite running back. Jay Ajayi, he had some nice years in Miami. He definitely looked good in Miami, but there's a reason Philly didn't keep him around very long. And Shane Vereen, folks, I forgot as a New England Patriots fan that Shane Vereen started a Super Bowl for us. So that right there tells you Shane Vereen, not very elite. But does having that elite running back matter? Well, folks, if those five running backs could win a Super Bowl and be a starting running back on a Super Bowl team, I'm not sure having an elite running back matters in today's NFL. Now, I will tell you, in the early and mid-2000s, having an elite running back was important. If you look at the Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl in 2000, Jamal Lewis was a beast. If you look at the Seattle Seahawks team that made a Super Bowl with Mike Holmgren as the head coach and Matt Hasselback at quarterback, it was Sean Alexander who got them there. Sean Alexander was a beast that year. If you look at those Chargers squads, The Chargers had some good teams. Phillip Rivers at quarterback. He had Sean Merriman at linebacker. But it was LaDamian Tomlinson who really put them over the top. So yes, back then, having an elite running back really did matter. Adrian Peterson kept the Minnesota Vikings relevant for a decade. But now in today's NFL, much more of a passing game, the running back position 
it's a lot. It, it has a lot to do with the offensive line. The offensive line makes the running back position now. If you look at the Cleveland Browns, nothing says this take more than the Cleveland Browns this year. Nick Chubb, who everybody agrees is one of the better running backs in the NFL today. Probably, I some will argue top five. I will say most definitely a top ten running back in today's NFL. He's missed time this year. Kareem Hunt's missed a lot of time this year for the Cleveland Browns. Dearness Johnson slid right in and looked like an all-pro. And you can say, well, is that Kevin Stefanski's scheme? No, that's that running game. That offensive line can run block better than most. If you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been a running back by committee team since Tom Brady got down there, whether it's Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, Leonard Fournette. That team has been nothing but running back by committee, and we've seen that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do not need one elite running back to be a successful football team. And that takes us right into the point of, well, if that's the case, then why are we spending first-round picks on running backs? And the bottom line is you shouldn't be. There is no reason why in 2022 a football team spends a first-round pick on a running back. And I know people are going to tell me, well, look at Najee Harris. He just put up over 180 yards on the Cleveland Brown defense. He's up over 1,100 yards rushing this year with a admittedly terrible offensive line. The Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line is not passing as even remotely good. But what could the Pittsburgh Steelers have had if they didn't take Najee in the first round, well, you could have shored up that offensive line a little more. Creed Humphrey, who the Chiefs were able to get two rounds later at the top end of the third round, he's the highest rated center in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers ended up drafting a center this year. They drafted Kendrick Green, and the jury's still out on Kendrick Green on if he's going to be a successful NFL player or not. But imagine if they had Creed Humphrey. That offensive line's already looking better. And if you're saying, well, Pittsburgh had to have a running back. We heard it all last year. Pittsburgh had to fix this running game. James Conner couldn't get going at all last year. It was James Conner. They got to get a better running back. James Conner out in Arizona this year has 14 rushing touchdowns, folks. 14 rushing touchdowns. And he's in a running back by committee with Chase Edmonds. He's not the bell cow only guy getting the touches. They, They definitely share them out there in Arizona. But yet, James Conner still successful this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't need an elite first-round running back. They needed a better offensive line, and they could have gotten a very good running back in the second round. Look at Javante Williams out there in Denver. That man is a missed tackle machine. That man easily could have slid in and been just as successful in Pittsburgh. And if you say, okay, well, you know, but Pittsburgh, they had to have Najee Harris. They had to have him. He was, the, he made the most sense. Okay. If you feel that Najee Harris moved the needle that much for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we heard last year all the Pittsburgh Steelers needed to be contenders was a running game. They were a running game away from being a contender. Well, then why are the Pittsburgh Steelers in a position where they need the Jacksonville Jaguars to help them to get into the playoffs? The bottom line is the Najee Harris first-round draft pick did not move the needle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we have other examples. If you look at Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley coming into the 2018 draft was a physical specimen. Scouts were in love with him. I mean, people just felt like Saquon Barkley was going to be an instant star. And Saquon looked good. Saquon looked good, and it looked like he was on his way. But since being drafted, 
In 2018, he has played in a full 16-game season once, meaning he has missed time in every other season but one since being drafted. In the last two seasons, Saquon Barkley has failed to average four yards per carry in both of the last two seasons. So you ask yourself, was Saquon worth the number two pick? Well, here's who they could have had. The Giants, they could have had Quentin Nelson with the number two overall pick. Quentin Nelson is arguably the best guard in football. The New York Giants, Giants fans would love to have Quentin Nelson blocking for them right now. We may not see nearly as many fumbles by Danny Dimes if Quentin Nelson was blocking for them. And Giants fans would love to just not see Danny Dimes playing quarterback for them right now. So imagine if you don't take Saquon Barkley, but you take Josh Allen at quarterback. Or better yet, instead of taking Josh Allen, you take Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And if you're saying, okay, well, Lamar, he didn't go to the end of the first round. There was other teams that passed on him. Josh Allen, you know, he was coming from a smaller school in Wyoming. We weren't comfortable with that. We really felt Saquon was the guy. Well, you clearly felt over the next few years that you really needed to fix the secondary. You spent a ton of money on James Bradbury. You went and spent good money to bring in a Dory Jackson this offseason. Imagine if you would have just drafted Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander is potentially top three corner in the NFL right now, and you could have had him. And if you're saying, well, we had to have a running back, because yes, the New York Giants running back situation was terrible going into the 2018 season. i I'm all for getting a running back for that Giants team. Well, imagine if you would have had Nick Chubb, and you could have had Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb went at pick 35. He was the third pick of the second round. The New York Giants had pick 34 that year. And the New York Giants did take a guard at pick 34, so clearly they felt a guard was necessary, and they took Will Hernandez out of UTEP. Folks, in case you don't see much Will Hernandez highlights, according to Pro Football Focus, Will Hernandez is the 61st rated guard in football this year. I'm here to tell you Will Hernandez was not a good pick. So let me ask you this. If you're a New York Giants fan today, and I told you you could have option A or option B, which one would you rather have? Option A is Saquon Barkley and Will Hernandez. Option B is Quentin Nelson and Nick Chubb. I don't think that's much of a decision. I think everybody's taking option B today. Saquon Barkley, he's not a bust. He does have potential, but he was not worth the number two overall pick. He was not worth the first round pick, given what the New York Giants could have had. Another example is Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette was the fourth overall pick in 2017 by the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars felt like they didn't have a ton of holes on their team, but they did need that running back. They had to get that running back, and they scooped up Leonard Fournette. And folks, let me tell you, the Jaguars are regretting that. Leonard Fournette no longer even on the team. He's now in his second year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did not last very long with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And folks, Leonard Fournette had two very good years in Jacksonville. Topped 1,000 yards twice in his time there. But in his five years of the NFL, he does have those 2,000-yard seasons. He also has two seasons with under 500 yards rushing. That's not the number four overall pick. That's not worth the number four overall pick. And you ask yourself, well, what would the, the Jaguars have spent the number four overall pick on? Well, they could, folks, they could have had T.J. Watt. 20 sack T.J. Watt. And the Jaguars clearly feel like they need pass rusher. We've seen them twice recently in the first round go after Josh Allen out of Kentucky and Caleb on chase on out of the university of LSU. So you could have had 
TJ Watt, and then we wouldn't have to worry about Caleb on chase on or worrying about can we ever get anything out of Taven Bryan. TJ Watt would have solved all those problems. Or, folks, if the Jacksonville Jaguars had had the gumption and the foresight that the Arizona Cardinals would show two years later in realizing that the first-round pick that you drafted in Blake Bortles is not going to lead you to the Super Bowl, and they had moved on from Blake Bortles, they could have had Patrick Mahomes in the first round. And I think that goes without explanation what Patrick Mahomes would have done for that football team. The Jaguars may have made that Super Bowl that year with the Patrick Mahomes at the helm. And then you look at some other players they could have had. Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White. You take either one of them and you're not having to waste a first-round pick on C.J. Henderson, who's already been shipped out to Carolina. You're not having to spend big money on the Griffin twin, who really has not produced to this point in his tenure with the Jaguars. Tredavious White, Marlon Humphrey, two of the better corners in the NFL today. And you say, okay, well, the Jaguars did have a hole at running back. And yes, they did. And in that rookie year, Leonard Fournette helped fill that hole. But do you know who else would have helped fill that hole? First and foremost, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook went pick 41 that year. And you say, well, would the Jaguars have been able to get him? Yes, they would have. The Jaguars had pick 34 that year. And they took a tackle, Cam Robinson. Who Cam Robinson's been average. He's been mediocre. He's a decent pass blocker. Run game, he struggles in. But guess what? The Jaguars feel so confident in Cam Robinson, they won't commit to a long-term contract with him. They franchise tagged him this past year because they know, bottom line is, if they've got to tie money into Cam Robinson, then they are admitting that that offensive line is going to be below average. So they could have had Dalvin Cook at pick 34. They could have had Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon went pick 48 that year. And if you're saying, okay, well, I don't like Joe Mixon, we all would have loved to have seen Alvin Kamara there. Alvin Kamara went in the third round that year. Some other running backs who were drafted that draft, you've had James Conner, Aaron Jones, and even Christian McCaffrey went in the first round. And folks, I'm here to tell you, Christian McCaffrey should not have gone in the first round. Christian McCaffrey was pick eight that year in 2017 to the Carolina Panthers. And Christian McCaffrey looked like he was going to be a superstar. He played in all 16 games his first three seasons, had two 1,000-yard rushing seasons, looked like he was going to be special. But over the past two seasons, Christian McCaffrey has played in a total of 10 football games. And for a little more context, Christian McCaffrey has only 85 more career rushing yards than Chris Carson, who was picked 249 that year in the seventh round to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I'm not saying that Chris Carson is a better running back than Christian McCaffrey. We all know Christian McCaffrey adds a special element in the passing game out of the backfield. But what I am saying is you are not getting first-round caliber production out of Christian McCaffrey. Imagine, if you would, if the Carolina Panthers had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. The Carolina Panthers would not have had to spend money on Sam Darnold. They would not have had to give up draft capital to go get Sam Darnold for the New York Jets. Keep in mind, the New York Jets had decided Sam Darnold was not a franchise quarterback. They moved on from Sam Darnold, and the Carolina Panthers had to give up draft capital to go get him because their quarterback room was so sad that it was going to be down between P.J. Walker starting, or if they hadn't moved on from Will Greer, who knows what they would be starting there. We're seeing Cam Newton play quarterback for the Carolina Panthers this year. Cam Newton is not a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. 
imagine if they had Patrick Mahomes. The Carolina Panthers, they do have a you know promising young defense, but it, could you imagine T.J. Watt and Brian Burns? That pass rush would be the, one of the best pass rushing tandems in the NFL, and you still could have followed up. If you're saying, well, they need Christian McCaffrey, his pass-catching element out of the backfield, Alvin Kamara may be the best pass-catching back in the NFL. You could have had him in the third round. The New Orleans Saints got him in the third round. Folks, there's no reason to take a running back in the first round. Those are some of the big-name guys that went in the first round. Harrison just all-out bust in the first round. Rashard Penny went in the first round of the Seattle Seahawks out of San Diego State. We saw Rashard Mendenhall go in the first round over a decade ago to the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Illinois. And really, Steelers fans at the time thought that could be a great pick. He can, you know, eventually replace Willie Parker. You know, Willie Parker replaced Jerome Bettis. That did not end up working out at all. We've seen other first-round picks. Sony Michelle didn't even make it out of his rookie contract in New England before they shipped him off to the Los Angeles Rams. There's just countless examples. C.J. Spiller of first-round running backs who don't end up being worth it. And, folks... With that, if you're not going to take him in the first round, why are we giving him big contracts? Why are we giving running backs big second contracts? Everybody knows in the NFL, your money is made off your second contract. The rookie contract, there is a pay scale on it. You're not going to get above a certain amount with your rookie contract. So NFL players look to cash in on that second contract. And the running backs, they cash in, all right. Look at Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers. This offseason, Aaron Jones was able to convince the Packers to give him a four-year, $48 million contract. The Packers gave him four years, $48 million, and allowed Jamal Williams to walk to the Detroit Lions. Now, at the time, I already questioned the contract because what was the point of drafting A.J. Dillon in the second round out of Boston College if you're just going to turn around and give Aaron Jones $48 million, especially when this year Aaron Jones has split carries with A.J. Dillon, and it's only giving you 799 rushing yards on the ground heading into the final week of the season, and that's worth $48 million? Well, just imagine if you had saved that money. Imagine what you could have had. You you had to let Corey Lindsley, your all you know, pro ball center walk, allow him to go take that contract with the Chargers because you paid Aaron Jones. Well, imagine if we're not having to watch Royce Newman play guard for the Car- for the Green Bay Packers this year. Imagine if they had spent that money on a Joe Thune. Imagine if Josh Myers isn't playing center for the Green Bay Packers this year, and instead they had retained their Pro Bowl center, Corey Lindsley. Green Bay already looks like a better football team with either one of those decisions being made. You'll get Ezekiel Elliott, six years, $90 million is what the Dallas Cowboys felt that they needed to give him to make sure he carried the rock for them. And Ezekiel Elliott's stats haven't been too bad this year. On 219 carries, he's rushed for 917 rushing yards. But with that being said, how many of you have read a headline this season about Tony Pollard potentially taking over the workload in Dallas at the running back position? Tony Pollard's looking just as good, if not better, than Ezekiel Elliott in that backfield. Tony Pollard's on a rookie deal and was a middle-round draft pick out of the University of Memphis. Didn't have to spend a first-round pick on him like they did on Zeke. Didn't have to give him six years, $90 million, and he's looking just as serviceable. Then you say, okay, but how many of those late-round running backs or those middle-round running backs really hit? Well, how about this year? The San Francisco 49ers took Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round this year. Elijah Mitchell, as a sixth-round pick, his contract is four years, $3.66 million. 
So Elijah Mitchell, in all four years of his rookie contract, will not even make what Aaron Jones is going to make in one year as a Green Bay Packer this year. And on 186 carries, so keep in mind, 186 carries is less than Ezekiel Elliott's this year. He has 878 rushing yards. He is within 50 rushing yards of Ezekiel Elliott on almost 40 less carries. Folks, you don't need to spend the big money on the running back position. If you look at some of the best football teams over the last few years, look at the New England Patriots. How many Super Bowls has the New England Patriots been in in the last decade? How many elite running backs have the New England Patriots had in the last decade? Shane Vereen's not elite. We've already established that. James White, good, not great. LeGarrette Blunt, good, not great. Uh, they've seen other running backs. Brandon Bolden, Damian Harris, they spent a middle-round draft pick on. Ramadre Stevenson was a middle-round draft pick. We saw what happened the one time the New England Patriots felt like, hey, maybe we need to go spend a first-round pick. Sony Michelle was an absolute disaster, and he's already out in L.A., and speaking of those L.A. Rams, the L.A. Rams fell victim to paying big money for a running back at one point. They had the services of Todd Gurley. And, folks, when Todd Gurley was playing running back for the L.A. Rams, that was a sight to behold. Todd Gurley looked like he was a superstar in the making, was a superstar for a couple years, but that man had some bad knees. Todd Gurley spent last year with the Atlanta Falcons, and this year he's not even in the league. Those knees deteriorated, and they deteriorated fast. But at the time, the L.A. Rams, they spent big money to keep him they gave him a four-year 60 million dollar contract they gave him 45 million dollars guaranteed out of that contract this year we've already established Todd Gurley's not even playing football but the LA Rams are still paying him 8.4 million dollars this year to not play football it's not worth it. If you look, the LA Rams are proof that having a big name running back doesn't matter. Coming into this season, Cam Akers, their second round running back from a year ago, suffers a terrible season ending injury. People are going, well, that could really hurt their running game. So they do. They go out. They spend the draft capital to trade for a Sony Michelle. But who has been the running back who's carried them this year? It's been Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson has looked very serviceable. Folks, I know he was on my fantasy team this year. He was very nice to have. Daryl Henderson carried them just fine. There wasn't a lot of capital invested in him. And I know, folks, we talked earlier, Derrick Henry is he's the cog in the wrench. He's, you know, he is he is the he is the anomaly in all of this. It's very hard to make this argument when you've got a hole like Derrick Henry in the middle of the argument. Derrick Henry has been special. But this is what I'll say, folks. Derrick Henry has missed a lot of this season, yet somehow the Tennessee Titans are still in a position to battle for the number one seed in the AFC without him. Now, he is coming back. He will play in the playoffs, and you can bet that that will help the Tennessee Titans as they look to make a run deep into a wide-open AFC. But they didn't need him to potentially get the number one overall seed in the AFC this year. And you can say, well, Deontay Foreman's not going to cut it. And you're right, Deontay Foreman is not going to cut it. But do they need to pay Derrick Henry that big money? My hot take this week is if the Tennessee Titans are smart, if the Cleveland Browns are smart, they do not give Derrick Henry big money. They do not give Nick Chubb big money. If Nick Chubb walks in to the Cleveland Browns front office and says, I want the Alvin Kamara five-year $75 million, the Cleveland Browns need to say you'll have to go get it on the open market. The Cleveland Browns have already shown Dearness Johnson can carry the rock for them. They'll still have Kareem Hunt there. And look, Alvin Kamara, five years, $75 million. The New Orleans Saints aren't making the playoffs this year. 
they're not making the playoffs this year. And you can say, well, it's the quarterback position. If Jameis Winston was healthy, they weren't going to make the playoffs with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's an interception-throwing machine. The bottom line is, is when you tie that much money up into the running back position, it absolutely hurts. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys, that six-year, $90 million contract with Ezekiel Elliott, they're going to have to let guys like Michael Gallup walk. They almost had to let Dak Prescott walk. There was serious doubt about whether or not Jerry Jones was going to pony up and pay Dak Prescott his money. And I know that six-year, $90 million contract that Ezekiel Elliott's on the books for had something to do with it. Ezekiel Elliott's not going to live out that six-year, $90 million contract. Ezekiel Elliott's going to get cut. If not this offseason, next offseason. They're not going to continue to pay him that money with Tony Pollard being just as productive. And if the Tennessee Titans are smart, if the Cleveland Browns are smart, they do not pay their up-and-coming star running backs. If you look at another running back who... That decision's going to have to be made on soon. It's Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. And I know Jonathan Taylor looks like a superstar right now. Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL in rushing, and the Colts would not be where they are without Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor's production on the ground this year. But would Jonathan Taylor be where he is without the Indianapolis Colts offensive line? We've already established Quentin Nelson, their left guard, is one of the best, if not the best, guard in football this year. But what about outside of Quentin Nelson? You got Kelly at the center position. He's a, a superstar. Braden Smith is a great tackle. Eric Fisher playing tackle for them as well. The Indianapolis Colts, even with the loss of Anthony Costanzo to retirement in the offseason, still have one of the best offensive lines in football. Jonathan Taylor benefits from that immensely. I am telling you, if Jonathan Taylor went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, if Jonathan Taylor went to the Carolina Panthers where you've got tackles like Cam Irving and you've got Pat Elfline taking snaps on that offensive line, Jonathan Taylor would not be nearly as productive. Folks, the running back position, no longer does it matter if you have an elite running back. It matters if you have an elite offensive line. If you have an elite offensive line, you can stick Dearness Johnson back there. Better yet, you can stick Damian Williams back there and you can win a Super Bowl. Folks, that's what we've got for this episode with the running back position. Folks, this was Hot Take Wednesday. Coming up Friday, looking ahead, we are going to preview this weekend's upcoming matchups. It's week 18 in the NFL, and we're going to preview each and every one of those games. Get you ready for that. Some big ones coming up at you there's going to be a lot of playoff spots on the line the afc the seating is still wide open we know green bay is locked up that number one for the most part but we're going to see what that afc looks like there's going to be some fun ones and that pod will be hitting you friday evening so be on the lookout for that folks as always we appreciate you sticking with us today we hope you enjoyed don't be afraid to rate and review the pod. We love the feedback, and we can't wait to spend Friday with you. Take care, folks. Have a good one. See ya.